Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's a, it's a strange title for today's message. Um, and it's a strange title because you wouldn't um, generally ask this sort of a question in church circles. But before I dive into today's message, I want to, <coughs> I want to uh, share something with you. Um, can, can I tell you about our holiday? Is that all right? That's okay? Okay, fantastic. And um, there's a few incriminating photos but I'm not going to share them with you today. But Riz um, just recently, uh, Anna and I and the kids, uh, Josh and Shiloh, went uh, away and uh, we went away um, with other members of the family as well. And, um, you know, there's one thing from coming from an Australian, coming from a, a, an English-Australian background, there's nothing about me that's English really, but um, coming from an Aussie background and then going away with a predominantly, well, mostly Italian family, what you tend to find is that you don't get much of a word in. Because everybody is talking at once and I don't multitask that well, okay? And so I found myself in this beautiful scenery. So it starts off with a bit of a road trip. And so, you know, there's a bit of a road trip and a convoy heading up to a beautiful place called Bright. Has anybody heard of Bright? Yeah, who loves Bright? What a beautiful spot. You know, I can understand that, you know, it might be mistaken as the place where the Garden of Eden may have been, right? You know, like we're talking some, uh, some, some beautiful scenery. So it starts with a bit of a road trip and as always, we, you know, try and hit the road as early as we can and car full, right? You know, I, I never thought I'd be one of those dads like in those ads and things like that that are standing back you know, getting a bit of a run up to shove everything in the back of the car and then trying to edge everything in a bit tighter, a bit closer. You know, I have a very, very large car. It's, it's a ute and, you know, that can carry a lot of weight and I don't know, I don't know how I fit things in a smaller car. <laughs> I don't think I can ever go back to uh, anything smaller than a ute. Any ute drivers out there? Yeah, yeah, there's a few. My brother used to be a ute driver and now he's not. Now he, I think he almost wishes he had the ute again. But there's a road trip that takes place, right? And so the kids are excited. You'll see there, you'll see that you can't see out the back window, nor could I, um, because there was so much stuff and uh, um, everybody looks, I don't know, in that photo, everyone looks more excited than me. But I tell you, 
I was pretty darn excited. And so um, now the road trip, with any road trip, it gets pretty tiresome, doesn't it? You know, we're blessed with kids that uh, love road trips and somebody had a little bit of a nana nap there uh, along the way. Now, I can't actually remember whether that was on the way or on the way back from somewhere. I think it might have been on the way, was it? And, um, you know, Josh values his sleep. But every now and then the road trip can get a bit tiring, can't it? Especially if you're a passenger. And you can, just, you know, you've got a nice comfy pillow there that you can just, well done, Josh, and still wearing your seatbelt. That's important, kids. Uh, you need to wear your seatbelt as you drive. That's good. And so like any holiday, there's lots of happy snaps. So, you know, the girls are taking a photo together and, you know, the beanies, because it's cold, you know, it's cold up in the Alpine region and, you know, they've got their beanies on and, you know, the hair is like sensationally perfect. You know, it's like, it's like, it's a selfie is not just a quick snap, is it? It's a, hey, we're going to take a snap selfie. Oh, hold on. Hold it up now. Oh, hold on. Make it look natural. Nothing's natural about it. Like, you can see the hair, the glisten on it. You know, it's just falling properly over the shoulders. It's just great. And not only that, it's not just an action shot. Just not like a, hey, it's not like that at all. It's like... No, take it again. Take it again. It wasn't right. I wasn't smiling. I wasn't looking in the right direction. Oh, I blinked. That's what a selfie is like, isn't it? Is that right? Oh, with a teenager. There was a clarification there. <laughs> I beg to differ. But anyway, and so there is, uh, and there's more selfie shots now. This is not so much about the next shot, but have a look what is behind us, right? Have a look at the scenery uh, just there. We're all rugged up and we are up on top of Mount Beauty, wasn't it? Let's go with Mount Beauty. It's a mountain, right? And um, we're, we're up on the lookout and, you know, I love one section. Josh and I had to... Um, go find a bathroom and, we, and we're coming back and everybody's already walked up there and Josh is just chatting about something. He's walking along and he hasn't quite realised that there is a very large drop right there. And it's like that Sam Jackson, it's like that height thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, and Josh is just talking. He's, he's just, oh, you know, he was just talking about, oh, Richmond is just great. You know, I'll just add that in. Richmond is just great. And he, then he saw the drop in. Richmond is just great. And He fully stopped mid-sentence, turned around and did not want to come close, right? I don't know that he's ever experienced such a view and such a magnificent spot. Aren't holidays fun to be able to see stuff like that, isn't it? Isn't it? Like, if you haven't been on a holiday lately, I would encourage you to do so. Now, another aspect of our holiday was the food, right? Food is good. Food is important. And so, you know, here's Josh just enjoying some of the local produce there. I did not think that he'd get through that burger. Oh, he did all right, yeah. And uh, he nailed that burger, very big smile upon his face. He might have had another nana nap after that. And then after that, we went up to the snow. And of course, like every epic moment, you've got to get a snow shot. Look at that. 
we actually escaped to the Italian Alps and it was fresh powder. No, that's actually up on coming back from Mount Hotham. Isn't Australia beautiful? Isn't Australia amazing? And on the way back, the sun started to set and we found this lookout. We were able to go down there. What you don't know is that was bitterly cold. Back, back, TK, back. Go back to the snow one. That's it, back. Excellent. And so it was absolutely bitterly cold. We nearly slipped on the ice as we were getting down into that position. But hey, was it, isn't that photo all worth it, right? Anna, that photo was all worth it. Everybody else here doesn't believe me, but the photo was worth, the photo was worth it, right? It's a good picture, right? And so, and so we're enjoying that moment. We're enjoying the view, the scenery. The sun's just starting to dip. And I'm starting to have some of these feelings. Some of these feelings were a bit like, hmm, life's pretty good on holiday. Life's actually really good on holiday. Like, there's, we went on lots of bushwalks. There was a lot of animal spotting. There was a lot of eating. There was a lot of beautiful scenery, as you can see. We went and saw the snow. That's not something that you regularly experience in the hills of Templestowe. There was, did I say that there was eating? Like, holidays are good, right? With a bit more eating. And there was lots of shopping. There was lots of walking. Did I say that there was eating? Like holidays are really, really good. Let me show you the next photo. And this is literally the view, not from a lookout that we had to travel six hours to find. This was the view from my pillow. So... I believe that we all should move to Bright and experience... I'm not kidding. Like, it was just an amazing and beautiful spot. Uh, I did not know that we were going to be staying in such a beautiful location. And the funny thing is, is when we came home, the next morning, as in home home, the next morning I woke up and I actually thought I was still on holiday. And I rolled over, opened my eyes, and all I saw was a white plaster wall, my bedside table, and our ensuite. <laughs> Pretty disappointing after waking up to that for a few mornings, eh? What an amazing view. And the thing about that view is that it is always changing. The cloud formation is never the same. The colours and the way the light forms is often never the same. At night, you can see the glow of the moon and the stars and the, the busyness of Little Bright as the township, a little bit further down in the valley there. 
that sort of scenery and these sorts of experiences starts to spark a small voice within me. Do you know what that small voice was saying? I think I'd prefer this. Anybody relate? I, I, th- I think this is better than what I'm going back to. I mean, don't get me wrong, what I'm going back to is very good. But you start to go, is this really how some people live? Has anybody travelled internationally and seen places and just gone... It is just stunning to see God's creation. How many of you have been on holiday and sort of thought, this is pretty good? There's actually been a couple of people who have been part of the church and they've decided we're going to go on a round Australia trip and they've never come back because they've driven through a place and went, This is it. I like it here. Along with thousands of people who have, in the last 24 months, left Victoria to find other places. The truth is, almost every old holiday that I've had, I've had these same thoughts and that's still small voice going... This is pretty, probably except for one place. One place we visited, it's called Port Piri. Anybody know Port Piri? Yeah? Port Piri. I drove into Port Piri and I thought, this is fascinating, this is interesting. And I'm telling you, it was like 1,000 degrees there at the time. And you know the cold water tap? I I thought I'd turn the wrong tap on. (laughs) Like the water coming out, was almost you could have your cup of tea from. <laughs> Probably anywhere but Port Piri, right? All holidays, but anywhere but Port Piri for me. Maybe the fishing's good there, the people are beautiful, but Port Piri itself, probably not a place that I want to sow my roots into. But almost every holiday, I've walked away going, oh, this is really good. Maybe, maybe I could see myself here longer. Maybe I could see myself here, God, are you calling me to bright? Anna just said yes. But how many know often the grass is greener, right? I once heard a message as somebody preached that said the grass is often greener on the other side of the fence, but it may be a sewerage tip. (laughs) There is a mechanism, and what I want to speak into our lives today is, look, it's fun to share uh, our holiday with you and remember some of those things and hopefully, you know, know, (laughs) some of that scenery is really good, but... Out of this, I want to recognise that there is a mechanism within us to say, to ask the question, is there more? 
is there more to this life? Is there more to my experience here on earth than what I've had so far? And when you're on holiday, you turn around and you say, yes, because I am seeing these beautiful things, these most amazing things that, uh, that I'm experiencing. I can, I can taste it. I can smell it. I can see it. I can, I can feel the cold air on my face. I can, I can, I can reach down into the snow and, and make a snowball and, and, and throw it at Josh. And, and it, there's laughter that fills the atmosphere. And, and I, can, I can jump on a toboggan and go down a toboggan slope and hit all the bumps and hurt my back. I can feel it. It's all experiences that add to the experience of the holiday. And yet at the same time, there's this innermost voice that kind of says, is there more? See, God has built into us all the nature of change. The nature of asking the question of being able to look at our own life, to look and reflect back on the years that we've had up until this moment on this Sunday morning, we're able to ask the question, is there more? Am I where God has positioned for me to be? But what happens when the beauty of this world seems to exceed the greatness of Jesus? I'm going to ask that again. See, I'm going to ask that again because as I'm looking at all the, the beautiful scenery and, and tasting the beautiful food and, and, and I, I, I can hear the scripture that says better is one day in the house of God than experiencing all the things that the world has to offer. Because friends, as I was experiencing those beautiful moments with, with, with friends, with family, with, 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 with uh, you know, great scenery and amazing things, as I'm experiencing it, still that one argument is in my heart that says better is one day in your presence, God, than all of this combined. Because why? Because all of these experiences and all of these beautiful things are fading. But our eternal life is the one thing that is forever. When the beauty of the world seems to exceed the greatness of Jesus. Is it a moment of temptation? Or does it reflect that most people want what they want? It's a fair question. Because isn't it true I want what I want? The Bible says that God gives us the desires of our heart. 
And there's always been some argument in terms of theology, in terms of, you know, does that mean he, he gives me what I desire? Or does that mean he gives me the desires, those things that are within my heart, those things that are within my life? He's giving me those desires so that I can go off and explore them and, and see them and experience them. All of these questions lead me to this. This one question. And we may not have time this morning to dive into this question in a wonderful theological argument. But I want to ask this one question after experiencing all these wonderful things. Because there's a voice within my heart. And I believe that God is prompting mankind right now to ask this question and find the true answer to it. And the question is this, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? enough. Now before many of you say, well, well, of course, Matthew, of course he's enough. Of course he's enough. And look, I'll answer the question straight away. Yes, Jesus is enough. But a part of our human condition always brings this into question. You see, Jesus describes himself as the bread of life. In John chapter 1, let's turn to it. John chapter 1, over here is my Bible. I want to encourage you, bring your Bibles to church, yeah? John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says this, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everybody say Word. You've got to say it like a rapper. Word. Like, that's probably, they don't even say it like that. But anyway, verse 2, He was in the beginning with God. Who's this talking about straight away? Who, is, who, who was the Word? Right, great. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. So as I look at these magnificent and beautiful and glorious scenery, as I experience, you know, as Josh experienced that burger, that burger was made through Jesus. Jesus is the inspiration for the combination of the beef patty with the pickles and the sauce and the lettuce and that brioche bun. Aren't those brioche buns good? Like sugary, just bad for the arteries, but good for the soul. Amen, right? And so here we are in this moment and I've I've got this burger. Somebody was inspired. I don't know who invented the burger at the beginning, but but I wonder if it's like sauerkraut. Who invented sauerkraut? Jesus, that's five gold stars there. I mean, who came to some rotting fermented cabbage and thought, let's try it? 
Can anybody hear me? I like gross. But if you had good sauerkraut, it's really good, isn't it? I know somebody in the church that makes a lot of good sauerkraut. But all things were made through him. All things were made through him. So I come back to answer this question. And the question is, when the beauty of the world seems to exceed the greatness of Jesus, is it possible to answer the question, is Jesus enough? Let me answer it right now. Look around the room. Look at the beauty of this room. And I'm not talking about the chairs, the lights and the, and the greatness of buildings. I'm talking about the people. Look at the beauty of the people around you. You have been made through him because all things have been made through him. The reason why the stars hung in the sky is because he told them to do that. The reason why the sun gets up every morning is not because <laughs> to annoy you because you want to sleep longer. It's because Jesus said it to. He told it to. He designed it in that way because all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. And I'm just wanting to be absolutely fundamentally clear because most of our struggle as human beings are, is all in the foundation of not of whether God exists. The struggle is, is that we forget who we were made through because there are a thousand other voices saying, look at that, look at this, look at that over there. Oh, look at that over there. Look at this over there. So many distractions that draw us away and we start to ask the question, is Jesus enough? Verse four, in him was life and the life was the light of men. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. Isn't it funny how you can look at all these magnificent mountains and the grand scheme of cliff faces and, and rocks and boulders. I didn't, I didn't show you, but, but Josh and I walked past this ginormous boulder and it fully looked like somebody had taken a massive saw through the middle of it. It was perfectly straight. It looked like a, just a straight cut through this rock. It was mind-blowing. I should have included it. You stand back and you go, man, I just think, that's just God showing off, right? But the magnificent of those views, the magnificent of the mountains is nothing compared to the light that is within your life. 
the gift that you are. And before too long, man become, can become enamored with the gift that is within his or her life. Why? Because we lose sight of the fact that nothing was made except that it was made through him. Nothing. Paul says it this way. Nothing is good in me. And like, just to, just to clarify it, he repeats it again. No, nothing. Nothing. Because nothing good comes of ourselves. Just stop for a minute in reflection and think of all the good things that is within you. Not around you, not the good things that you've done or the good things you've accomplished, the good things within you. You could say, well, you know, I'm, I, look, you know, I, you know, I've just got a natural joy. I don't know, some people don't have it. Just take a look, just reflect on some of those good things that are within your life. You know, I've, I've just got naturally good looks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You might, you might, you, you might have a, a great talent. You might have a great gift-giving talent that you're just able to give the perfect gift to almost everybody that you meet. I'm talking about the good things that are uniquely you. Those amazingly good things your tenacity, your ability, the stickability, your, those, some of those characteristics, some of those things. Paul says nothing was good in him. Do you reckon Paul had some good qualities and some good giftings? Like the guy was like scourged with whips at least twice. He was shipwrecked. He got bitten by a snake that should have died. He was beaten. He was stoned several times and they left him for dead. I mean, gosh, if anybody's got a chance to whinge to Jesus, it's probably Paul, right? And I'm not talking about whinging. What I'm talking about is he still turns around after all of those things and he says, nothing's good in me. The only thing that's good in me is him. Because Paul understood that in him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of men. In him was life. And the life was the light of Raymond, of Trish, of Rebecca, of Daniel, of Rosalie. That's what the scripture says. The light that is within your life is the very essence of Jesus. The very essence of who you are, the good things in who you are, the good decisions, the ability, the, guess what? The fact that you are even alive is because of him. And the light, now who is the light? Where is it found? 
in the light of you, in you. And then verse 5, are you ready? This is heavy, you ready? And the light shines. Whoa, hold on a second. Jesus, don't you call us to be meek, mild and little humble? God calls us to be bold. Because then he says, and the light shines. So here we are, the key, is Jesus enough? Man, Jesus is more than enough. Here we are, the light shines in the darkness. Man, are we seeing a fair bit of darkness around us at the moment? Has there always been a lot of darkness in the world? Yep. Is there more now than ever before? Don't know. It wasn't alive back then. But it was a fair bit. You know, you think of the dark ages. (laughs) There's a reason why it was called dark ages and it wasn't because the Collingwood Football Club was founded. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty dark. Why? Because... You know, mankind was pretty amazingly cruel. But for the long time, for a long time, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, there has been sin in the earth and darkness has been very much at work. But guess what? When the darkness is at work, my Bible says, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, my Bible says comprehend means Catalambano. <laughs> Can you say that? Catalambano. It's uh, probably it's very, uh, an ochre version of great Greek. But anyway, <clears throat> and it says this, the first interpretation is to seize, lay hold of or overcome. That's interesting. And the darkness did not seize, lay hold of or overcome. Are you feeling a little bit overcome, a little bit disillusioned, a little bit, is Jesus enough, a little bit unsure of your future? Guess what? The light that shines in your life is the light of Jesus and the darkness cannot seize, cannot overcome the light that shines from your life. The darkness does not gain control of it. The second interpretation is this, to perceive, attain or laid hold of with the mind, to apprehend with mental or moral effort. With this meaning, the verse could be translated, the darkness is unreceptive and does not understand it. Now, There's a lot of things in the Word and in the Bible, there's a lot of things about God that I don't understand. But that doesn't mean that there's darkness in my life. The Bible also says it's the glory of, it's the the, um, uh, glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. How many know that the Bible calls us all to be kings and priests before God? So it's our glory to search out and I want to encourage you that if you, have, if you have not, for want of a better term, found God, continue to look because you will find him. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Knock and you shall find. Seek. 
Seek, and it will be given to you. The third interpretation of comprehend could be to quench, extinguish, snuff out. Everybody say snuff out. I love that. Snuff out. The light by stifling it. The darkness will never be able to eliminate it. Light and darkness essentially are antagonistic. The Christian's joy is in knowing that light is not only greater than darkness, but will also outlast the darkness. Isn't that an encouraging word? So today... In answer to the question, is Jesus enough? I say he's more than enough. You know, during the week I heard somebody say that even if Jesus did nothing more for us, then he's already done enough. And whilst I say yes and amen to that, I do say to you that that statement does not reveal the character of the Lord. The reason why I say that is that he is always not just doing things for you, but he's wanting to do things through you. To be at work, to be constantly moving through your life. I mean, what would happen to a child if they get given every single thing that they want and desire? Well, we know. We know, right? We know that that child would grow up expecting that everything will be given to them, that everything will be provided, and every single desire that they have is good. What happens if a child grows up in conflict and, and, and brokenness and, 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 and then that child reflects conflict and brokenness? And so how does character develop? Character develops through perseverance and good times and bad times and The reason why Jesus longs to partner with us and work through our lives is that he moulds us and he shapes us into this scripture to be the light. Because he longs to be revealed in you and in revealing himself in you, you become more effective, you become greater in the way that you walk, you become a better parent, you become a better grandparent, you become a better son, you become a better daughter. You, and it's not, it's not meaning to say that you can't make mistakes because Jesus said, you know, God said to Paul after Paul said, Paul said, help me with this affliction. And, 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 and God's reply to him was, my grace 
is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And the truth is this, that it, is not, it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. I mean, it does matter because it's formed you into who you are today. But what matters is that you are able to, able to ask this question, is Jesus enough? And you can say, he is more than enough because every good thing in my life is because of him. And often the truth of the matter is every destructive thing in your life is either because of you or somebody else. So Jesus is enough. And not only is he enough, he is the healer, he is the restorer. The Bible describes him as the author and the finisher. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So when the beauty of this world seems to exceed the greatness of Jesus, we need to look at it from the point of view that the beauty of the world displays the greatness of Jesus. Because nothing was made that was made except for him. I'm going to invite you, let's stand together. We're going to pray. And if you're here today and you've, you've, you, you've been asking this question and, and look, I've been walking with Jesus for a very, very long time. And some of you have been walking with Jesus, you know, more than me even. But whatever your time frame is, whatever your walk has been, It is superbly natural to ask the question, is Jesus enough? Is there more to experience in him than what I have so far? Friends, no matter how long you've been walking on the face of this earth, let me tell you, there is more of him to experience. And I just want to simply pray with you right now and just simply ask Jesus to reveal that to you. Is that cool? So you may be comfortable with just placing your hands in an open position, just like Jesus, I just, it's, like, it's like this, I'm receiving a gift. Whatever you want to give me, give me. But more importantly, what I would encourage you is that you would posture, posture your heart. And the question might be, Jesus, if you are real, then that's okay too. The point is, is that you're talking to the right person. So I'm just going to simply pray, and if you want to agree with me in prayer, then at the end, we're going to say amen together. And amen simply means... Let it be so. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, Jesus, we come before you. We talk with you. And we ask you, Jesus, that you would reveal 
your light in our lives. That you would reveal yourself in us and through us and that your word would be fulfilled in that the darkness cannot comprehend it. And Jesus, we simply ask, what's next? Jesus, will you reveal yourself to us? Lord, let it be a refreshing moment. Jesus, I ask that you would meet with every single person within the sound of my voice, in this room, watching online. Lord, that you would reveal yourself to every single person, even now. Jesus, that every single person would begin a new journey in you, a new encounter in you. Lord, that your light would so shine forth. Jesus, that the beauty of this world would reveal you. Jesus, we're sorry where we've brought you into question. We're sorry where we've doubted. Now, Jesus, would you just cause a refreshing fire to burn within us, God. Let it never be quenched. Let it never be put out. For your glory, Lord. And we all said, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. 
visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.